Okay. All right, everybody. Let us open with a word of prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning offering you all blessing and glory and honor for you and you alone are worthy. Father, we ask now that you would bless this time, Lord, and that according, according to your word, may you give your people understanding and be glorified through the preaching of your word, which brings us, and that we would grow in the grace and knowledge of you and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, good morning, everybody. Well, we're, we're back again, to, you know, coming back talking about, coming back with this series we've been doing for several months now, which I'll start with, right? Knowing God. And, you know, we know God, we, we took a long time starting off with, right, what does God expect of us now that we're saved? What does he call his people to do? Went to Romans 12, 1 and 2, because everything God has done for us, all he knew, everything he's done for us, you know, through the, through the sa saving work of our Lord Jesus Christ, what does he expect of us? What does he call us to do? What's the Christian life? And it's Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? To walk in, to walk in righteousness and godliness before him, right? And not that we're perfect, right? But that's our goal. That's what we're to do. And to renew our minds through his word so that we can know him. And then we talked about coming to know him. And even though there's all these books and all this teaching out there today, it's just the, the so-called Christian bookstores are filled with it, and so is YouTube and everything else. But all these so-called ministries and teachers telling us how to know God, how to experience God, doing certain things. It's real, and this, A lot of it's just another form of Gnosticism, which is just secret knowledge. Or, you know, quote a few verses a certain way. Uh, you know, put yourself basically under hypnosis. Clear your mind when the Bible says to actually fill our minds, right? But we look to that knowing. It's just knowing. It's just knowing things about. It's no different than knowing, than knowing one another. Like, we can all think of people, especially like our spouses, even friends, people we've known, right? We know them. We come to know them. And as time goes by, you know, especially ones that we're real close to, we know them more and more and more and become more and more intimate and acquainted with. Same goes for that's what it means, and we looked at that before, about knowing God. And the things about God, how we do it is through his word. Everything is revealed about himself. And so and then we looked at that God is a trinity, right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And, the, and we're, now we've gone into attributes of God. And the first attribute we looked at the other week was his eternality, his self-existence, his self-sufficiency. He is, he has always been, right? And he always will be. But just think of it, he's always been. He's always been. He is the only thing. He, is, he alone has always been. Everything else that is, he created. Which brings us right into that, what was saying, bringing to mind a few verses. I love that. We looked at several verses. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art the same. 
right? I just love that. And, and in the beginning, God created. You know, it's not just the heavens and the earth. The heavens really, that unfolds everything. In the beginning, God created everything. Powers, principalities, angels, you know, including, you know, that one where they try to fool you that we should all be so worried about the devil, right? I mean, God created him. But it goes right into the, what we're going to talk about today. That our God, who is forever and ever, from everlasting to everlasting, is all-powerful. You know, we think of that like one of the names given to in Scripture that said a lot is El Shaddai, the Almighty. God is almighty. Now, I want us to think of things and just... Uh, you know, read a couple, a couple, a few scriptures, and then get into, you know, do, how much do we really meditate on this? You know, we understand that God is powerful, Amen. But uh, just let's take a look at Revelation chapter one, verse eight, which reads, "I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending." See how the two you got to start talking all powerful once you bring up his eternality. Because the Bible always does. The beginning and the ending, right? <laughs> Saith the Lord, which is, right, presently, and which was, forever, from eternity, right, and which is to come, the Almighty. So he introduces it to himself in that way, and then turn to Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4. <clears throat> and starting in verse 8, and the four beasts had... Now think of this. This is in heaven before his throne, before the throne of our God. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy. That's another one we'll eventually get to, right? The holiness of God. <laughs> but Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And now since we're right there, want to go into one, what we'll be talking about, drop down to verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. A few of these verses, this is a verse used last time too, but they're really interconnected. Because when we think of that word created, really, the Bible speaks a lot and lets us understand that. When we think of his power, let's think of creation. Just think of creation, you know, for instance, just go to, well, first, now, get into the main verse of the thing, before I, right, I don't like jumping ahead of uh, Scripture, it's always good for Scripture to set the tone. Turn to Psalms 33, <clears throat> and in Psalm 33, starting in verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, in all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth at the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. 
Let all the inhabitants of the earth, of the world, stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. I love that verse. But just, just think of the awesome power of our God. He created everything. One other place. Turn to Psalm 148. In Psalm 148, we read, starting in verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Going on from that, verse 7, Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind, doing what? Fulfilling his word. In other words, he commands, he speaks, and now the things he created work. Do his will. You know, I just just love that. You know, go, you, you, you go down there, just drop down to verse 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heavens. Okay, so when we think of that, that God is almighty, created all things, right, do we ever think of the fact what it means when we when the Bible talks about Almighty, all powerful? Now that means a lot more. It's easier for us to understand. It means awesome power, exceedingly great, mighty power, but all power. In other words, there is no power that exists outside of God. Whatever little power any we have or any creature has or anything in creation has it derives its power from the one who controls and has all power you know his power some ways to think about it because these are all true is infinite is it is infinite it's there's there's it's infinite it's boundless it's limitless it's inexhaustible, it's undiminished, and it's incomprehensible. You know, think of it, so let's say you work out or you do something, uh, you, you push a car out of a ditch to help someone get out, right? You, we can expend a lot of energy, and sometimes as man or creatures do some, do some things that seem to require a lot of power to us. Tell you what, we're burnt out afterwards, we need to recoup, right? Our power's been drained. Not God. Anything he does is no harder than anything else. You know, just as he, uh, you know, feeds the birds of the air, right? He created the heavens. It's all the same thing to him because he has limitless, boundless, inexhaustible power. And he's self-sufficient, so that power just comes from himself. It can't be used up. He doesn't need any, he doesn't need anything from creation that he created to help him, re, you know, build back up his power because it's, it's inexhaustible. 
it's inexhaustible. He can he can never expend like all of it. Like, whoo, that was tough. You know, I like us to. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, along along with saying that, let's just quickly, real quick, turn to Colossians. Since Mike, you just brought it up there, a very good point. Let's get you. I want to do go to Colossians chapter one. <laughs> this is, you know, it, it's so true, and it's things that you know we read and we can know, but there's something about right. The more and more we can get a hold of this, these truths, right. Starting in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him were all things created. Now he's talking about Christ, but we know Christ the Son, right? Son, God, the Son. This is God. God. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Another way to say that, you just, you just said it, Mike, right? Held together. All things are sustained. All things hold together. You know what we could say by this? Like, uh, if he took his hands off of it, immediately everything would start to decay. Immediately. He sustains everything by the word of his power. But then we think about that, you talk about power. Just for instance, some things do we always think about. Like, do you know, for instance, in reality, God doesn't really take life. I mean, he does. That's the way we look at it. He just stops giving it. Right? In him we live and move and have our being. Right? Every breath we take is a gift from him. I'll tell you why. As Christians, like, I don't worry about death at all. Because I tell you one thing I'm absolutely convinced of because Scripture tells me so that I will be here until the moment he returns or the moment he has chosen to call me home. Not a minute sooner, not a minute later. You know, but because he chooses, he controls everything. But that one just knocks you when you think about that. That might not sell him, but just think about that. He just stops giving it because he, we looked at the before, we looked at the Trinity, right? That, you know, when it was telling us about Christ, so we can say that he is God because he is life. You know, he didn't say he gives life, right? He just, I mean, he does, but he's the way, the way, not a way. He's the truth, right? Not a truth. And he's the life. He's life. Life is in him, right? Because God created life. You know, but just think about that. He just, uh, <laughs> just throwing some things out there. I, I always like to talk about when I hear people, and sometimes it, it bothers me because I understand, but it's, it's kind of sometimes we say things that do we really think it out. Oh, the battle between good and evil. Well, I suppose are we just thinking, oh, you know, Satan's getting a leg up. Any power Satan has is delegated to him from God. He cannot do anything beyond what God's will, beyond what God allows him to do, gives him to do, he just uses him and his evil intentions and his evil heart and, it, you know, his fallen nature as far as, 
you know, exactly because angels are different than we are, but he just uses him according to his will. But I want us to take a look and look at a, a few certain words. We're not going to read all the verses, but go to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. You want to see when we think of this all-powerful God that we serve, that has adopted us as children, that crushed his son for us, right? This all-powerful God who calls us saying, I, I've called you to relationship with myself. I revealed myself to you. I'm going to give you the privilege of knowing me. <laughs> wow. But just think of that in chapter 1. It's going to review a, a few scriptures and parts of scriptures here because I want us to pick up on something that God seems to, the scriptures, right, God tells us over and over again. I think he, he's, he's wanting us to get something here and see something here. But chapter 1, verse 3. All right, this is, well, we'll just start in the beginning, right? And then we'll read through three. But in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. All right, so we understand in the beginning, right? There was nothing except God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And then the triune Godhead created everything. They started to create everything. Well, God created the heaven and earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And what? And there was. And there was. You know, and there was. You know, I, just, I just think of that. It goes together. You notice throughout Scripture, those ones I open up with, but you notice Psalm 33, which we read there, for he spake, and it was done. He commanded. It stood fast. He you know, it's not that he likes us to ball up to look over here or there to have power. All power is in himself. So in the way we understand it, do we understand it? He just constantly says he speaks and it's done. You know, we remember Christ, the God-man, when he was here, right there in that ball, all the disciples are all, all full of fear, all the waters, the waves. <laughs> Lord, what are we going to do? And he gets up, be still. Instantly. The wind stopped blowing, the sea calmed down. And they all looked, who is this man? They still didn't get it. Who is this man? The God man. Amen. But let's drop down and just look at a few. And I, uh, I think you'll see that because sometimes instead of reading all through it, sometimes we can kind of miss the, the main point of it all. Verse 6. And God said, then it said, here's what he said. The end of verse 7. What does it say? And it was so. And God said, and after he said, said what he said, and it was so. Go to verse 9. And God said, the ending of verse 9, and it was so. Go to verse 11. And God said, the end of verse 11, and it was so. Verse 14. And God said, the end of verse 15, because he's talking about creating all the lights, and it was so. Let's think of that kind of power. That kind of power. And this power is given. I shouldn't say, he doesn't give to us. I don't mean that. He has called us to a relationship with himself. And he tells us throughout his word to, because of that power. And he wants us to understand that, why do we ever fear or worry about anything? 
This same God who is our Father, because he's adopted us, he's chosen us to be his children. We didn't choose him, he did choose us. Right? And he would say, why worry? Why worry? I, I just uh, think of this and, you know, a very uh, wise man, you probably heard of him, his name is A.W. Tozer, and I'm paraphrasing a little, a little bit here because it was rather long, but it's true. I like it. So, since God, at his, at his command, all power has at his command all power, Almighty God can do anything as easily as anything else. All of his acts are done without effort. He, speak, he spends no energy that must be replenished. His self-sufficiency makes it unnecessary for him to look outside himself for a renewal of strength. All the power required for him to do all that he wills is lies in him in undiminished fullness. Undiminished fullness. You know, I said all those things that just just ama amazing. But when thinking of, you know, this creation and this creation he created, and we're wondering if, if anything here on earth we have to fear. Or is there anything, you know, too hard for God to do? Remember, he wills anything. Anything we go through, he works all things together for our good. You know, I'm kind of including this along here when people talk about application, right? How does it apply? One, we're supposed to grow in the knowledge of God, but also these truths are helped to, to help to bring us contentment and peace and joy. Right? Whatever we're going through, God's going to work that out. There's a purpose. Most of the time, <laughs> we just won't know. We don't know. And we don't have to. I guarantee you, he never told Job. He never tells us why Job. There's a good example. I don't know about you, but I've never gone through what Job has. But he came through it. But now think of these things when we, we think of this and what's around us. But So considering creation, the things we now know because of science and how all things, you know, when, when the scriptures say, right, the heavens declare his handiwork, Romans tells us, right, you have no excuse because creation itself gives evidence of the creator. Well, let's think about how much more to us that, that because he saved us, right, opens up our eyes, and we can discern and understand Scripture. Well, okay. It would take... Now, I can't remember how many billions of years traveling at light speed it would take to go from one end of the universe to the other. That's a lot. But if you want to tra traverse the whole universe, you know, go all around it, here's what the scientists have determined. It would take 500 billion years traveling at 186,000 miles per second. You, you, you can't comprehend that. 500 billion years traveling at 186,000 miles per second, the speed of light. That's pretty fast. Speaking of that speed of light, do you know that <laughs> it takes eight and a half minutes for sunlight to reach the earth, traveling at 186 miles, 86,000 miles per second. I like saying that instead of miles per second because we hear that, but we don't realize how fast that is. 
186,000 miles per second. I don't know you, but uh, there's times in my younger days when I was a little foolish. I've, I've, I've driven 100. I think that's fast. <laughs> Imagine 100, 100 miles an hour. Imagine 186,000 miles per second. We can't comprehend that. We can't comprehend that. I mean, 186,000 miles a second, that means in less than like a hundredth of a second, you travel from one, the very end of the earth to the other end. <laughs> that, that would be amazing. But uh, some other things about, about earth, about that, right? He created the sun. We're even told that right in Genesis, he created the sun. Well, that sun has a diameter of 864,000 miles. It can hold over one million planets the size of Earth. That's pretty big. And by the way, it was no coincidence that it just so happened that we're the exact distance from the sun to sustain life. Any closer we'd burn up, any further away we'd freeze to death. There'd be no, there'd be no life, no life, All right? That that's just that's just truly amazing. Also, they, there's a particular star that they discovered that has a diameter of 100 million miles, and that's more than Earth's orbit around the sun. <laughs> that's one star. You know, that's just all those stars in the universe that they can see, they popped up the Hubble telescope and they thought, right, to this day, what it's showing them is they can't come to the end of it. They want to put names on, oh, another galaxy, another, it's just creation. It's creation. And, and so we're, you know, we should worry about things. But uh, with saying that, let's, I want us to read, well, Consider some thoughts first. No read, right? But not only he spoke all things into existence, just all things, right? Let's say there's some things that he just did. He expended no power whatsoever to do this, right? I mean, he just, he used power, but he expended none. He didn't exhaust himself whatsoever, right? All these things were the same for him. He judged the whole earth, yet he delivered Noah and Noah's family. Right? He parted the Red Sea. You know, sometimes we hear those things. Do we ever consider that? He literally parted the Red Sea. And by the way, Israel is one pound on pound dry land. You know, when we think about it, he parted the Red Sea, but also you ever walked like uh, after a field once, uh, once the water's dried up and you walk on it right away after that? What would happen? We, we sink into the mud, right? Because it takes... Usually if it was a lot of water and it sat there for, you know, and it sat there for a long time, which the Red Sea had been around since creation, right? It would take a long time for that mass of earth to dry up. He parted it and it was dry and they went across. And then he closed it in on Pharaoh. We know the story. But a lot of times, do we, do we give God glory when you hear that? Would you just think, wow. But just think, it, it, it was nothing for him. It was nothing. Right? He judged Sodom and Gomorrah, too, yet delivered Lot. You know, so he judged the whole world in that. He just judged a piece of it. But a large piece, Sodom and Gomorrah, and all the surrounding region. But he delivered Lot. I like knowing those two in because delivered, right? He does as he pleases. He brings deliverance, judgment, but he protects his own. 
He doesn't bring it through anything they can't bear. He doesn't bring in nothing. We don't go through things that are apart from his will. He delivered Noah. He delivered Lot through those amazing acts. You know, when we read in there, read in there too, back in Psalm 148, if you turn there again in Psalm 148, In verse five, after we after we read, you know, let you know, let basically all creation praise the Lord, right? In verse eight, right, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, right? All creation is his servants. We can just look over that. That means all, you know, wind, the weather, he controls the weather. We look throughout scripture, we just can read that. We could, we could spend hours and hours just reading the scripture and, and speaking of the times that it shows he created the weather. Not only that, he, raised, he, he raises the dead, right? He heals the sick, right? He causes all things to work together for our good. Not for all people, but for his own. But for his own, all will work together for good. Though at the time it might seem, it might be very difficult for us. Uh, let's look at a couple others. Let's read some scripture. John chapter 1. Uh, these are all compounding the same truth that we've been talking about, but chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, right? We talked about Father, Son. We know Holy Spirit too, right? Verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You know, it, the scriptures make it very evident to us, right, that he created all things, and he's always been. But I just want to see that. We already read Colossians 1, 16 and 17, but let's uh, look back and see some more scripture passages. Go to Lamentations. There's a quick refresh. I haven't been there in a while. It's right after Jeremiah, right? The weeping prophet. Lamentations, chapter 3. It's less, I love a lot of these scriptures. I love the scriptures, amen? We all should. I pray we all do. Verse 37 of chapter 3 of Lamentations. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commandeth it not? In other words, it's a rhetorical question. No one. You know, I love that song we see, Behold Our God, right? <laughs> Who has given counsel to the Lord? Well, no one. What a fool would even try, right? He needs no counsel, right? In other words, he's telling us there too that nothing comes to pass apart from God's will. Nothing, right? That's why he says, just think of it. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commandeth it not? You know, we see the same idea in the book of James. You know, be careful, you who run around boast tomorrow will go to such and such a city and gain this and do that. When he says, your life is but a vapor, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. What you should say, right, is today if the Lord wills. Right, keeping in mind, right, because nothing transpires apart from the Lord's will. 
He has all power. Go to uh, back to First Kings. First Kings chapter 17. Wait, I don't. My dad. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I get so forgetful here. Okay. First Kings 17, 4. And this is what I want to mean, that all, all creation are his servants. We already saw that, right? That he commands the weather, and he can bring the weather up, right? We saw that, right? Fulfilling his word. And he commands it to come. He commands it to cease. Well, look what else. And this is the story when Elijah, right, was hiding in the cave, right? Verse 4 of 1 Kings 17. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. You know, that, that's not metaphorical there, literally. And we don't, we can't understand that, not really. Right? But the ravens knew to bring, bring him food. Because he commands them. All creation. Right? Let's uh, go on to Jonah 2.10. And uh, Jonah, if you just go, go uh, good old uh, Daniel, Hosea, then Amos, and then Obadiah, and then Jonah. So Jonah, chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 10. And we all know the story of Jonah, but sometimes you can read that and do, do we remember... I mean, does it really hit us? How often do we meditate and really deeply think on these things? Okay. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. In other words, the Lord commanded the fish to basically spit Jonah out. But he commanded, you know, we all believe it was a whale, right? It's a great fish to vomit, you know, Jonah out. So again, just an example in Scripture, which we know is true, of a commands all things, and all creation are his servants. Go back, I keep going back and forth here, sorry about that, but go to Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, if you'll find, is, you know, before Job, before Esther. Nehemiah chapter 9. I'll get there in a minute here. Verse 6. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth, and all things that are therein, the seas, and all that is therein. And thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worshipeth thee. That again, we know he created everything, preserves them all. Early reading the New Testament there in Colossians, right? All things consist, right? He created them all. He preserves them. He holds them together, right? He makes sure they don't decay because of him, right? Everything is from him and to him and for him, right? For he is before all things, amen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. Okay. Uh, 
Here, with that, I, I want us to finish finish with this. I, I, I trust, right, we all got it clear from Scripture, right? Our God is all-powerful. And because of that, what should that bring about in our lives? Uh, turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark, if you would turn to Mark. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I, I jumped ahead right. That, that was the same thing, right? But we're going to read it. Starting in verse 39 of Mark chapter 4. Right? And he arose, Jesus, right, right after they said to him, because, right, the seas... The seas were going crazy. The seas and winds were going crazy. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Right? They were just so fearful. And he arose. Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? They even the wind and sea obey him. You know, when I take you to this, so right, when he saw that worry, you have no faith. What, what, what were you freaking out about? Like in our vernacular, we would even say, you have no reason to worry. Go to Matthew chapter 10. There's a dual truth that he tells us uh, two times. One is in Matthew 10. Starting in verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. In other words, the sparrow's days are also numbered. Controlled by God. The sparrow's creator. Everyone's creator. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. He's the less numbering with some of us. But fear ye not therefore... You are of more value than many sparrows. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Even that same scripture fresh in our mind. Luke 12, starting in verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? You know, no, nothing, right? None of us. If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And he goes on, And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. In other words, those that know not God. And your Father knows that you have need of these things, but rather seek the kingdom of God and all these things 
shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock. I want to say this, right? We all go through things and will go through things as the Lord wills, right? That may even seem, even at times, traumatizing. I mean, they could be really debilitating if we let them. But we can rest assured that God, who is all-powerful and always been, and can, by the way, he's so powerful, but there are some things he cannot do. Since he's eternal and has all power than himself, he cannot die, he cannot change, and he cannot lie. Right? So we know that he tells us he'll put nothing upon us that we're not able to bear. That anything that, that we does come upon us will work together for our good. Right? That whatever we go through, and also it, whether it's for his sake, for the gospel's sake, he says rest and trust in your faithful creator. But anything else in life, be it sickness, be it some commotion, be it some death, be, be it whatever, there's a purpose for everything. He's told us not to worry, not to fret. And when we do, he says we have no faith or little faith. And we're approved and rebuked for it. So I'm not saying, you know, yes, it is easy to say, don't worry. But let us not at the same time excuse our worrying and saying, well, it just is. Right? But see it for what it is. Right? Just to you pray to God, you know, and repent of that, so to speak, and say, Lord, you know, I have faith, but, you know, increase my faith. You know, that's part of what the Word of God here is here for, to comfort us, to console us, to build us up, to strengthen us, to give us peace, to give us joy. Amen. Well, with that, let's close in a word of prayer. Almighty, <laughs> almighty God, Father, we thank you, we praise you, we give you much thanksgiving. Father, we stand in awe, or help us to stand in awe, of your mighty acts and just your being of all that that is of you and in you and from you. We thank you that you have opened our eyes and called us to yourself and adopted us as your children. Father, as your word declares, grant unto us that we would desire with all our beings to live for you more and more, to lay aside those weights, to, you know, repent and go, go beyond the elementary things and go beyond, you know, the sin in our lives, Lord. Help us to do so and to live more and more for you, knowing you more and more and living our lives for you. And may we be your witnesses in this community that you have put us in, Lord. By your grace and your power, we be glorified in the lives of your people. And we also pray for the upcoming service, Lord. Lord, that you, you would be glorified and praised and that your people would be built up and fed. All to the glory of your mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.